What's going on, guys? It's Anthony, and it's Monday Madness time here on Culture Jacked. Today, I've got an exciting show for you guys. I'm going to be diving into collectible cards and currency. We're going to end today's show talking about the new galaxy and space shows that have hit the mainstream television and so much more. So thank you for tuning in. Again, I'm Anthony. This is your Monday Madness episode here on the Culture Jacked podcast. Uh, as always, we appreciate everybody that's listening. Make sure hit subscribe if you don't want to miss anything. And if you do, still hit subscribe and just don't listen. Um, aside from that, we appreciate any likes or comments where we're huge on the comment segments drop a comment down below if you have any questions or you'd like to participate in the questions between dustin and i myself and dustin as we do it back and forth talking about dustin he dropped a new episode on saturday which was big eyes anime day our 56th episode and he told his story of what led him into anime uh, he capitalized on one of his favorite animes and then uh, kind of talked about several other things. So make sure and check out his episode if you haven't. If you're not familiar, Dustin and I ask each other questions. That's generally how we start these episodes. So let's uh, see what Dustin's got in store for us. Uh, for my question to you, Anthony, I'm planning my my whole next episode uh, based around this question. So uh, I'm I'm so excited though. I um, I want to get your perspective first. Uh, so the Omega Cops asked, and I want to ask you if you could send any video game back in time to your childhood self, what would it be? And if you could send that game back. How do you think it would change the game industry today? And I know we've talked about it before. We've had these little brainstorming sessions uh, about how if you sent a movie back in time, especially uh, like the Avengers, something very special effects heavy to like the 1930s or something, how minds would just be blown. They'd think it was, you know, a real thing. But uh, but same question. Um but with a movie, if you could send any movie back in time to your childhood or, you know, to your teenage self, it's if it's something, you know, that you need to be a little older to understand or would, I guess, even be appropriate for you. And what movie would that be? And how do you think it would change the movie industry, if if at all? All right. So that was Dustin's question. Kind of a two part deal. What movie would I take and send back in time to my youth? And what would the impact be? And then the same question, but video games. So you can go in a million different directions. Um, as he asked the question and I was listening, I was like, man, there's so many different things I could I could run off uh, to cover these bases. So I'm going to keep it simple. Um, the movie I would want to bring back would be Inception. So an incredible movie by Christopher Nolan, um, the story very well done. And, and I think that would be the primary reason I'd want to bring exception inception back, uh, to give an example, to show cinema, uh, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, well, maybe closer to the 20, um, that you can make these complex stories, cool, 
well thought through. Um, the videography was great. The actors and kind of the overall setup was incredible and create a film that has legs behind it. Um, from the story standpoint, from the setup, from the videography, from the whole thing and allow it to, I guess, breathe. Because even even today, many, many, many years later, I enjoy Inception. Um, as far as the impact goes, who knows what it would have other than I believe that it would lend to the idea that you can tell a very strong story and support it with incredible videography and incredible casts and get away with that to where it's not just like the expendables where there's a lot of good characters stories mediocre or it's uh heavy story but the execution wasn't there so i'd say inception on the video game side i'm gonna go with red dead redemption 2 because it's a refined in my mind it's a more refined version of red dead redemption 1 you've got more versatility you've got better graphics and all of the above Again, the story in that was incredible. The sandbox, the ability to do things from the hunting, the fishing, the playing poker, uh, doing the theft stuff, building a custom character, creating the environment around you. I believe Red Dead Redemption uh, is something that if it was brought back, you know, 15, 20 years Obviously, if it was brought back as is 15, 20 years, it would be just earth shattering with the graphics, the story, the gameplay, the versatility. And I think that that would give, you know, again, 15 to 20 years uh, time with all of these companies that are in development of sandboxes to hopefully challenge what they're thinking and show them early on that this is what it could be and i think that would have resulted in in games today to be significantly different from what we know them simply because that would set and, and they do anyways that's what's so funny is uh, red dead and rockstar games and those guys set the bar so high when they create and then they deliver it, it would be an amazing thing i think Again, these questions are open to you guys. So if you want to answer that question, feel free to drop it down below. Um, I would encourage you to. It's a great question. In fact, Dustin said he's going to do a full episode, which uh, it sounds good to me. I, I can't wait to hear it. And uh, we'll see what he has in store for us uh, this coming week. So let's dive into the main topic of today's conversation, collectible cards and currency. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is... Um, because of some of my spare time with COVID, I've said it over and over. Dustin actually uh, reiterated uh, some of this standpoint in one of his past episodes, and that is going through stuff. So I've talked about going through bills, talking through going through projects and doing all of those things. So I, I am doing all of this stuff. And as a part of that, I had uh, some a, a collection of baseball cards that's been kind of shifting around the house through the years, predominantly in closets. And... I just thought to myself, hey, let me pull these out. Let me go through these. And I did. I sat there. I burned through, what, four boxes of baseball, basketball, NHL cards, uh, football, and I think some X-Men cards. I do have Magic the Gathering cards as well. But as I started looking at the baseball and basketball, I started looking it up. And then it kind of triggered that, that hobby and that fun aspect of uh, collectible playing or sports cards, uh, to be more specific. So in the sports cards world, it's pretty different from the, the playing cards 
and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But in the sports card world, I grew up collecting um, these cards. Uh, not necessarily the ones I have because I don't have, but a couple of the ones I had as a kid. But remembering that I used to watch a lot of football, I used to watch a lot of basketball, um, and it influenced what I wanted out of cards. Now, that's the most exciting and interesting thing about sports cards as a whole is that you can collect, even though they're just sports cards, it's just a 2020 baseball series, whether you choose tops or down or us or upper deck or whatever uh, vendor or distributor of cards, that's that's up to you. But, but it's also up to you on what you collect. Are you going for the trends? Are you going for money? So you want to pull those rookie cards and those those high dollars? Or are you a fan of a sport such as I love the Seattle Mariners, so I only want to collect Mariners cards? The relevancy of making a collection based off of money is not in my wheelhouse, but I do want to collect all the players. Um, two collection points, and really it could be three or four or five, just going in those kinds of uh, going down those kinds of avenues. Um, in my case, a lot of it's hobby driven from the aspect of knowing players and uh, really it's player driven. That's, that's how I've always collected somewhat on the, on the side of collectability. Some of it's gambling, um, just to keep, just keep that in mind. I've done it several times to where I buy in early to get rookie cards. So rookie card means they get drafted from the NCAA into whatever it is. So they were playing in college last year. Now they're going to play pro. You want to get that first year card. Cause that is the rookie card. Now there's different variations of those as well. It could be anywhere from a base card or basic card, although to an autographed card or a jersey cut autograph card or what have you. Um, and it's a gamble because you have to invest in the packs of cards or you're buying the cards outright. And you just don't know because that player could break his leg at the end of the season. He could not perform the way he was performing in college um, or he could turn around and have the best season ever known to man and then follow it up with another incredible season. And soon enough, you have one of the most valuable rookie cards simply because of the consistency and the level that that athlete played in. Interesting stuff, though, with sports cards when you think about it in that light. Now, there's plenty of people that just use it as investment properties, which is buy this this expensive card and hold it. Um, and it will hopefully inflate. The, the value will inflate with time. There's a lot of trading and bartering that happens with cards, but it's a pretty flat system on you either have the card that's worth it or not. Um, not a lot of guessing in that regard to it. So that's kind of the sports cards. Uh, again, I'm currently, I, I've got uh, these cards. I'm putting them in cases. I'm looking up values just because it's fun to me um, in the evenings to kind of go through that notion and see, you know, is is my collection worth anything? Is it not? Uh, is there cards that I should add to my collection or, or sell? Because part of me, as much as I do enjoy this, in fact, I bought some cards the other day and I enjoyed opening them, researching them. The other part of me is like, do I really want to pursue this um, for the future? Because it's an investment, both financially and time to where I have to look this stuff up. And then I got to look at what I want to buy. Look at, do I want to sell? Do I? So it's one of those questions uh, that I, I would say it's healthy to ask for any hobby. Is, is it worth it? Um, because sometimes you'll, you'll uncover that shit. Maybe I should stop doing these three things and focus on this because I enjoy it so much. 
um, and a lot of other things. We're not talking about that specific today, but we are talking about collectible cards and currency. So let me jump back into that. This is sports cards world. Now, an interesting uh, kind of paradox or an interesting parallel to the sports card world is the playing card world. And in sports cards, everything must be prestigious. The card must be cut right. Some offset cards that are not cut right can be worth money, which I'm referring to the photograph on the card. Maybe the it's not centered correctly. Maybe they have a spelling error or maybe the back is not centered or it's missing something. Those um, can vary as well um, on what they are worth, but predominantly you want a perfectly centered card. You want perfection, no, no scratches, no dings, no nothing. And it's pretty easy to accomplish with a sports card because you purchase a sports card, look at them, put them in a sleeve. If they're worth money, if they're not, don't put them in a sleeve. Just put them in your, your deck holder or whatever it is you have. And it's going to stay relatively in good shape. Uh, should be close to new, near perfect shape if you're taking care of your goods. Now, playing cards like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, different world. Those those, you, you compete with those cards as you would with playing a poker game to where you're pulling your cards out. You're playing on a table with them. They're getting shuffled together. They're, they're, there's going to have some use, not in not in all cases, because there's plenty of collectors in the in the playing card world that do it just as the collection hobby to where they're sleeving them as soon as they get them. They only play in sleeves. Uh, some don't play at all. They just collect the cards. But big picture wise, a lot of the magic in Pokemon cards were and are being played, which adds wear and tear, but it also adds a layer of fun with the creation you kind of culminate because you get to build your decks, you get to build your your little world with those cards you get and then you get to play another person and I think that the value add there is that time spent in in those uh, games and in, in the little tournaments if you're doing that thing or, or what have you again there, the value depends on the condition of the card and of course the rarity and, and what's happening with it both Magic and Pokemon um, have hit large highlights in their uh, collectability over the years and I believe they still are I don't follow those markets very well at all but I do think it's kind of a cool thing and it's a cool thing to compare because again sports cards you just collect you're not going to sit on a table and sit there and play baseball with someone with your sports cards at least as far as I'm aware Another card that came out, or a series of cards, there's been select movie cards. I don't know if they're still doing those, but I recall as a kid, uh, I bought some Waterworld cards, and there was various other large movie titles that came out with packs of cards. Um, in addition to those, there was TV show cards. Most notable card from my generation um, was the X-Men uh, Fleer Ultra cards that illustrated cards that were super cool. Again, you couldn't really do anything with them, but collect them. In fact, I got to look up some of those because I still have a bunch. I don't know that they're worth anything or are they worth something? I don't know. I think it's pretty cool and I hope they're worth money because of what it is. But again, those are... I, I would say outside of sports cards, outside of playing, playing cards, they're just like this weird thing that has been uh, produced pretty heavily over the years. So that kind of covers the card world. And again, I'll revisit this in the future. I just think it's a cool subject to kind of 
touch my toe in, give you my version and kind of how it goes. Again, if you're going to collect cards, do your research, make sure the cards condition is the best it can possibly be, especially if you're purchasing cards direct. If you're going to purchase packs of cards, um, whether it's Magic, Pokemon, uh, Tops, Upper Deck, Donnarus, any of those, whether it's sports cards, Magic cards, movie cards, do your homework. See all of those guys publish what the likelihood of getting those special cards are generally on the box so you can understand is it worth it or or what are you trying to chase it'll describe kind of what's going on with those do your homework now the next thing i wanted to talk about because of collectible cards and because of covid and uh, a lot of other reasons is the collectible currency now the reason i wanted to bring this up is because the similarity between those perfect baseball cards and the similarity with currency now currency is cool because everybody's got something right whether you cash your check you don't you get some change in your pocket you don't um you have 20 dollars, and you have 10 ones and we exchange this at such an extreme rate and there's so many variables and so many different things out there that i find it to be an extremely interesting um adventure and hobby simply because it's so weird to think that all this money has so many different uh inner workings around it that some brings value an example um you can buy a one dollar bill with a treasury department and i can't recall his name uh that the guy was only in treasury for 28 days so the bills printed with his signature as the treasurer secretary of treasury um is worth more in fact it's worth quite a bit more because of that and then you've got other limited edition um or limited production coins and dollar bills and then you go into the old school stuff the turn of the century stuff and the stuff pre-turn of the century um and and it's so crazy on the rules um on what good looks like on just so many different things you know coins specifically you're not supposed to clean coins so keep that in mind if you think you found something precious don't clean the coin bring it into a coin dealer have them assess it because if you clean that coin um, you can ultimately remove some of the finish off the coin and it can reduce in most cases it, it, it will reduce the value by 50 percent can be 60 70 80 depending on what it is that you do to the coin which is very crazy and the other thing with coins and in, in, in currency as a whole is the value uh, of uh, you've got face value which is the printed value of the currency and then you've also got the value of what it is which is which is really cool and you've got grade value so it'd be something like uncirculated or proof set proof set is essentially a sealed uh piece of currency um people do breaks break the seals and go to spend it and they do other things with it but essentially it's a plastic coated coin set um and then you've got uncirculated which essentially is a bank note uh straight from the treasury and then you've got circulated which is that change in your pocket it's that dollar in your wallet and then the variations from all things within that so a couple of fun things to do um in the currency world and i can go on and on and on i don't want to um i i've collected like wheat pennies very very cost effective if you want to get your kid into uh 
your kid or your teenager or even yourself, if you want to tip tippy toe into the currency world, you know, get into wheat pennies or buffalo nickels, something that you can get for an affordable price. No, you're not going after the mint, mint, never circulated, you know, $5,000 one, but you can get going on that relatively cheap. And it's fun. It's a fun thing. You can look at the years. You can you know, talk to your kids. I did this the other day when we poured out one of our change jars and we went through, it's like, can you imagine this penny? We found like a 1918 or 1920 penny in there. And it's like, this thing's been around forever. And how many places has it seen? How many pockets has it been stored in? I find it to be uh, kind of a cool, kind of a cool and fun hobby um, to kind of dabble with. I don't take it super serious. I know people that do. Um, in fact, I have family members that were really big into collecting money and, and coins. And um, again, the history behind it uh, and and normally the stories with it are pretty darn cool. Um, and, and there is a lot. In fact, I'll touch on one at a later at a later uh, show because it, it kind of uh, inspired me. Actually, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll save that for a later show. Um, the other thing with currency that I find interesting is um, not knowing that much about the money that we've shuffled. All of us. Uh, have shuffled around for so long. And then as you start reading the differences on why this mint printed this, and there's a striking error that could be worth more and um, the change in this and the change in that. And it's, it's just crazy. So a fun thing to do if you want to have or get your kids involved or maybe your spouse or whatever, what have you, something fun to look at on dollar bills. And this is one of many, many recommendations I can make, but you can have fun with this one is look at your dollar bills and look for a star printed emblem. Star print means it was a re it was a reissue on a damaged bill. So keep it, take a look at it, see if anybody catches it. Um, and that's on the face of your the face of your uh, circulated bill. Now, the other thing is look at the serial number, the lower serial number, the higher likelihood that it could be worth money. And I'm not saying it is worth money, it depends on what it is, what year it was made. Um, what, what minute was made in depends on what the uh, configuration is of um, dollar. But I thought that that would be two kind of fun things to keep your eye out for. And it's a fun thing to kind of show and explain to a kid. I did it with my kids. I did it with a couple of friends recently. Did you know? Um, and it's relatable because at some point you're going to have a dollar in your pocket or $5 in your pocket and take two seconds to look at that. It's kind of a, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a cool thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just kind of a dorky, goofy thing um, that's kind of got me got me kind of going at the moment. So um, outside of that... I wanted to end this uh, episode and I'll probably revisit the collectible cards in currency, but I wanted to end this episode talking just real briefly about the uptick I've noticed with these space shows or galaxy style shows And a couple to mention is obviously Disney plus um, brought on a bunch of Star Wars stuff, The Mandalorian, which is, I, I enjoyed the heck out of that show. Um, I, I actually can't wait until the next season comes out. So very cool show. I'm not really a big space person, but for whatever reason, these these shows that I'm going to kind of walk through here, it's just like, wow. Um, Mandalorian was great. I, again, I'm not a, even a big Star Wars person. I've enjoyed the Star Wars movies, but it's not like a number one for me 
or even a number two for me. I'll watch them. But The Mandalorian, in my opinion, excellent. Another one was Avenue Five. I've we've we've been watching that with I, I don't know the actor's name, but he's House, and there's uh, several other actors in it. It's a really funny show on HBO where they're essentially it's like a cruise ship but in space and a bunch of bad stuff happens it's uh definitely got adult humor in it It, it's pretty funny i wouldn't watch it with the kids but it's funny but before avenue five there was orville which is the todd mcfarland show which i also watched some of the episodes i thought that was a little I, i feel like todd mcfarland should have taken that to a different network um, like HBO, I think that would have been a great partnership. Also, a funny show. Um, if the Todd McFarlane file, uh, Todd McFarlane style comedy suits you. Um, another space show that I really enjoyed, uh, watched two seasons of, is the reboot of Lost in Space, available on Netflix. That's more of a dramatic, uh, Danger Will Robinson show, but again. Very well done. And then most recently, if you guys haven't seen it, it just came out a couple of days ago. If you're watching this, uh, the day that this airs, which is June 1st, um, is Space Force, which is Steve Corral, and they essentially are creating Space Force, the Air Force in space. Um, it's been great. Steve Corral and John Malkovich, great chemistry behind uh, with them both to where Steve Corral's the military. John Malkovich is the scientist that's supporting the uh, the journey. I've enjoyed the show so far. Um, I, I, I would hope anybody that watches it enjoys the show, which leads me to my question for Dustin. So I guess my question for you, Dustin, and the audience, of course, if you guys want to participate in this question and any of our questions, be sure to drop a comment down below. Are you into any of these space shows? Um, and if you are, you know, give us give us kind of your thoughts. Uh, was it any of these? The Mandalorian, Space Force, Lost in Space, Orville, Avenue 5, kind of this comedy uh, in some hands, half of them are comedy. The other half are pretty serious. Mandalorian is pretty serious. Uh, Lost in Space, pretty serious. But are you or have you seen any of these? Um, do you like that galaxy kind of space-esque uh, show? Does that does that uh, tickle your your inner entertainment needs? I know it's not real sex on HBO like you had mentioned Uh and I'm sure that's a burning hole in in your in your brain there. I don't know how to fill that void, but maybe, just maybe, it's the Mandalorian, or Lost in Space, or Space Force, or Orville, or Avenue Five. I don't know. But what I will say, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Monday madness episode here with me anthony your host make sure check out dustin's episode which could be friday could be saturday if he goes for an all-time high it could be sunday which i'm hoping he doesn't make sure check him out monday madness here every single monday on the culture jacked podcast